Good morning. morning. uh, My name is Jeremy Pettit. I am a professor at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. I teach communications. And I actually think and write about communication and culture. And lately, I've been looking around and watching how people are engaging. And something started to concern me about how we're communicating. And so I started to think through... What is it that's really throwing me off and why? And the answer came to me when I read and got really clear about a passage in James chapter 1. In James 1.19, James, a disciple of Jesus, says, My brothers and sisters, now this is interesting because he's saying it to everyone who's Christian. Not just to the men in the room, not just to the women in the room, to everyone. Take note. You should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And I looked around at all the interactions that I was seeing in the world around me, both personally and online and in other spaces, And I started to realize that we're actually got that flipped quite a bit. We are quick to speak and slow to listen. But we did get the fast to be angry part. Why? Because I think deep down we've failed to realize the power of listening to one another. Now, it doesn't help that a lot of our technology, which I study, tends to favor people talking. So, almost all of your social media posts start with you saying something. Okay, but where are we listening? Because then, how do we respond? We don't often respond by asking questions. We respond by inserting our opinion as well in the comments. So everyone's talking. Almost everyone's talking, and how many people are actually listening? What would that look like to listen? So this morning, I'm actually just going to walk through a series of questions about listening from a communication professor to you. And some of them will be reminders for a good majority of you. So just think of the questions as though you were asking for a friend. What are the four questions I want to talk through this morning? First one is, what is listening really? Second one is thinking through, why is it so hard to listen to people? Third question that we're going to wrestle with. Why would I listen to people all together? What's the point? And the last question is, how do I get better at it if I'm supposed to listen? So the first question, what is listening? is actually pretty fascinating discussion because what we think of as listening is often, from a communication perspective, only defined as hearing. And there's a big difference between hearing and listening. What do I mean? Right now, if you're listening to me, listening, you have to have first heard the sound of my voice. Hearing is actually a physical thing that happens. A sound enters your ear and is processed as a signal to your brain. That's hearing. We hear stuff all the time. But how much do we actually listen? So what's the difference between hearing and listening? Simple 
Listening requires your mind, not just your ears. Listening is about your mind and what your mind is doing. It's an activity that your mind does, not simply a thing that happens to your ears. Jesus knows this. Jesus is telling a story in in Matthew chapter 12. Excuse me, Matthew 13. And in Matthew 13, he's telling the story of the parable of the sower. And he tells this story, this parable, and when he finishes, he says this famous phrase that he's famous for because he says it lots and lots of times. To the one who has ears, let him hear. Which kind of sounds like a duh moment, right? Well, duh, if you have ears, hear. That's not really what he's saying because if you look down a few verses later, he references a verse from Isaiah It says, because if they really heard with their ears and understood what I was saying, then they would change. So hearing is different than listening because listening is about understanding. It requires effort. And I'll get to that in a minute, but here's what I want you to hear. Listening is not something that happens automatically. You've been, you've been hearing things your whole life, so you just think, well, this is just a normal activity. It just happens. You're hearing things all around you all the time, and you think that that's listening. You may be sitting outside at some point during all of this quarantine, and you've heard birds for the first time. Some of you, yes? No? Just never heard a bird? Never. Actually, but did you actually listen to the birds? What are they actually trying to communicate? oh, wait, they're actually saying something. They're not just making noises, a background that's annoying while I'm trying to read a book outside. They're trying to do something that I understand the meaning. And that's the difference between listening and hearing is that listening is about finding meaning. Okay? So that's what listening is. Um, So, well, then why is it so hard? I'll illustrate. I actually... um, want you to understand that listening has four really powerful difficulties. Things that are working against you as you listen. And here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to listen to me and see if you can figure out which one's the worst one for me. The first one is this. Listening uh, actually has to deal with the fact that we are As human beings, we're structured in a way that we have the capacity, as you're listening to my voice right now, to understand more words than the person saying. So, we call this information load. How much information can a brain take in? And so here's what happens. In an average conversation, a human speaks between 125 and 150 words a minute. The problem with the information load, often for most of us, as you're listening to my voice and I'm talking a little faster, getting to the 150 mark, is that your brain can actually understand somewhere between four and 600 words a minute. You can do almost triple what you can say. So what happens? Well, because of that variance of information load, we wind up with a problem because my brain is thinking of other things while you're talking. And it starts wandering off and doing other stuff. And then sometimes it kind of forgets to come back. And listen to you again. 
Oh, yeah, wait, you were talking. Oh, shoot, I need to pay attention. You said something about that, and now I'm thinking about lunch, and now I'm off in another place, and now the information load, the gap, means that I lack the capacity often to stay with you. Why? Because this is difficult. Listening is hard, and it's like a muscle that you have to exercise and use to actually listen well. It's not something normal that you're just going to get to. And I'll talk through later, how do we help that? The second one is probably the most powerful. The second one is noise. Now, when I say noise, naturally, most of you are thinking about, okay, so you're talking about that baby crying on the airplane that makes it really hard to fall asleep. You're talking about the construction that's happening down the road for me. You're talking about all of the noise that's going on around me. And yes, I am, that's difficult. Because if you're watching this online right now, you may be experiencing some other kinds of noise, some external kinds of noise. Like if there's a lag in your internet and my voice is going, uh, 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 which by the way, I'm doing that. Don't worry, your internet's not broken. That's external noise. But that's not the most difficult one. See, in communications, there's another concept called internal noise. And internal noise is actually much more difficult to overcome. Internal noise can be things like, I have a body, and when that body's in pain, it's hard to listen. You know, you stubbed your toe, and it feels like it's going to fall off your body, and then someone wants to talk to you, and you're like, I can't talk to you right now because I can't hear anything except my toe throbbing. You may be sitting there watching me online, and all of a sudden you realized... I shouldn't have drank three cups of coffee before I started watching this. Because you have to go to the bathroom. When you have to go to the bathroom, you don't listen to people. When you're hungry, you don't listen to people. Your body creates noise. And all of a sudden, I'm not paying attention to you because all I can think about is, I have to eat something right now. I'm so thirsty. Second kind of noise that gets in our way is that we have grown up in primary relationships with people. And those people often sit like little voices in the back of our heads, like the two old guys from the Muppets just making little comments here and there. You know what I'm talking about? Your mom, your dad. You shouldn't eat that. You need to go to bed. What are you doing? That's not a good idea. Ooh, I like that. Good job. Yay. Your boss. You know what? You need to get up for work tomorrow. Whatever those primary relationships are in your life, your brother, your sister, your grandma, whoever it is, you're hearing little voices in the back of your head. But the last one's actually the most difficult. And I'm going to tell you a secret, and you don't have to tell anybody. Just, just, you can admit like it was for your friend, not for you. Uh, we all talk to ourselves. You do. I do. I do a lot. You do. You talk to yourself. This becomes problematic when you're trying to listen to someone and you're talking to yourself internally. Because now you're listening to multiple people. I don't mean you're crazy. That's normal. We have conversations with ourselves and say, I don't think this is a good idea. Or, you know what? I got to go to bed or I got to take care of something. All of that internal dialogue is normal. And psychologists actually spend a lot of time trying to think through with you. What are you saying to yourself and is it true? This self-talk can be extremely helpful. can be extremely damaging. But I'm here to tell you no matter what, it's usually distracting. 
So here's what happens. In my, one of my classes, I actually try and illustrate this for my students. And if it were non-COVID, I would put a whole bunch of people up here on the stage and show you because it gets really, really fun and really loud. But let me just describe it to you. I take two students and I actually set them on either side. And I say, just have a conversation. Just start talking to one another. And they do. Because inevitably, college students find something to talk about very quickly. And then I pause them after about 30 seconds. And I ask two other people of the same gender to come and stand in front of them. And I say, now you're your internal voice. Your internal self-talk. Just talk to them about whatever's going to happen next in their day. And so they do. And they start hearing the voice. And they, okay, now I'm competing. Then I ask another student to come up and I ask them to stand in between the two of them and actually just make construction noises, which is awesome. I get the craziest kid in the class to just get up and act like all the construction machines. And now I have them talk again. It's getting louder. Then I ask four or five more people to stand up behind them and be those other voices and whisper in their ear and talk again. It's getting louder. Now they're like, oh my gosh, it's getting louder. And by this time, if you have sensory issues, I usually just send you out of the room because it's getting really loud. I say, all right, but we're not done. Everyone else left in the room has to come up and run back and forth in between these two people because now they're spread out and make all the sounds that all of your wonderful technology that's sitting in your pocket makes. All of your emails and notifications and text messages and all that stuff. You've got mail. Run back and forth. Make those noises. And by the time they're done, these two people cannot hear, let alone listen to one another. And they say, I didn't realize how much noise was in my world. And inevitably, the fascinating part to me is that within the next couple of classes, they come back to class and say, I went to lunch with one of my friends And I realized how much internal noise was happening, how much I was distracted, how much I was talking to myself, how much I heard all those other primary relationships speaking in the back of my head, and I noticed it, and it was extremely distracting. And I said, yeah, it is. And so the way that I finish that class is that I gradually remove each one of them until we're down to just the two people talking and their self-talk. And tell them, wouldn't this be easier? Isn't this a better way to listen? The third thing in noise, which is actually maybe the more dangerous, if not the most difficult. It's called selective listening or selectivity. We listen for what we want to hear. We listen for things that confirm what we already think. We listen so that we can put people in categories and boxes and say, okay, this is you, this is you, this is you, solve the problem, I'm done. Yay! Everything's been packaged in perfect, neat little bows. And yet, in the process, I haven't really listened to you, have I? In fact, I've done something really dangerous and scary to me as a communication person. I've reduced you. I don't know if I do that. Okay, let's ask ourselves a question. How often have you said these two words? Well, that's just uh. Just those two words, just uh. Well, she's just a girl. He's just a boy. She's just young. Well, they're just old. They're just Anglo 
African-American, Hispanic, Asian. They're just young. They're just rich. They're just poor. They're just, they're just, they're just, they're just. And every single time I say you're just, I shrink you. I make you less. I don't make you the creation that God made in his image that is fallen and broken and desperately in need of love who lives in this particular time and place with this particular cultural background with all these things that make me a robust person. And I just took you and made you a tiny little sliver of that. That reduction is dangerous. You're just a crazy old person talking on Facebook. Hear it? Just a... Why is this dangerous? Because it allows me to take the people in my life and control them in ways that do not allow them to be the humans that God made. This is dangerous work. So every time you hear yourself say, just a, I would challenge you to pause and say, is this true? Or do I need to slow down a little bit and not confirm my bias and not rush to judgment and not take all the things that I think are true and just insert them in the situation and I'm done? But actually slow down and say, this is a person who's in front of me that desperately needs me to hear them to listen to them, and to understand them. Because the last part, and the reason this is the most difficult, is one that we as Christians would argue on a regular basis, is that we are broken. We are fallen and broken people, sinful people, selfish people. That's a real hindrance if you're going to try and listen to other people. We're broken. We're incredibly capable at some times of just simply ignoring other people because what they're saying is something we don't want to hear. Which, by the way, worked out really well for the people that Noah was talking to. They just ignored him and the whole world went underwater. We're also, at other times, incredibly capable of pseudo-listening. That means we look like we're listening, but we're not there. We're gone. We're somewhere else. Oh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, sure. What did I just say? I have no idea. And all of you are looking at your spouses. Don't do that. I didn't mean that. (laughs) We have a tremendous capacity at times to listen, sort, and move on. Sometimes we listen just for ammo. I'm just listening to all the things you're saying and lining up all my ammo so that I can argue with you and win the argument and be done with this conversation. You like that? It's feel good? No. But the truth is that in all of these moments, we're still wrestling with the same story. The story is that it's all about you and it's all about me. It's all about me. Isn't that really ultimately what the story in Genesis 3 is about? Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden, and God says, you can eat of every tree but this tree. Don't eat this tree. Now, the question is, did they listen? Well, you could say that they heard him, because later in Genesis 3, when the devil comes to talk to him, they actually repeat to some degree with a little addition. We're not supposed to eat this tree 
Oh, and by the way, we're not supposed to touch it, which is, by the way, what Eve says, which makes me think Adam just added, okay, just don't touch it, okay? They listened enough to hear the words, but not understand what was really going on, because the moment that the devil tells them a different story, they listened to the story that they liked and did what he said. They listened to his story because it gave them what they wanted. The fallen and broken people. Well, if we're just listening to fallen and broken people all the time, why would we even want to listen at all? Why would we do that? Why listen? Now, as a person who studies communication and culture, one of the things that I recognize is that often we would say, well, not everybody believes what I believe. And here's what I would say back to you. Almost every single religion in the world has some form of the golden rule. You know the golden rule, do to others what you would have them do to you. Some of the variations are do not do to others what you would not have them do to you. But for people who study culture, this is the foundation. The golden rule is the foundation for all civil society and discourse. If everybody who is going to post on social media just asked the question, would I want this done to me? So should I do it to someone else? You would have the foundation for a civil society, for people who would actually dialogue and engage with one another and have meaningful conversation. But Jesus didn't stop there, as he always does. He pushes further. In a conversation with the Pharisees, the Pharisees say, what's the greatest commandment? You all know the story. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is actually like it. And when we say that words in that verse, it actually means the second is the same. Love your neighbor as yourself. His disciple John in 1 John says, you cannot say that you love God, who you have not seen, if you haven't loved your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now I'm going to say this, and if you only hear one thing I say this whole morning, I just want you to hear this, because it might make some of you angry as you're listening to it. You cannot... Truly love your neighbor unless you listen to them. I'll say it again. You cannot truly love your neighbor unless you listen to them. You say, well, what if my neighbor doesn't speak? You're still working toward understanding and they're still trying to communicate. You're listening even if you're not hearing. You cannot truly love your neighbor unless you listen to them. What would that look like? Let me tell you a story. During this quarantine, I had the honor and the privilege, a pastor friend of mine that I went to college with invited me to join an online small group. A group of guys, I'd only know, I knew one of them. There was a whole bunch of people I didn't know. And I've never met them in real life. I've only met them online. And we had lots of good conversation and we would uh, tell jokes and, and pray and, and, and have serious conversation, have fun conversation. And we're all over the map. We had a great time. It's about an hour, hour and a half every Sunday night. And one Sunday before we're getting there, somebody texts and says, um, tonight I want to talk about a conspiracy theory. 
And I went, oh boy. They want to talk about flat earth. And I was like, okay. Not sure I'm going to be able to go with you on this one. But I'm actually going to make an effort to listen. So I actually sat down for about 30 minutes and <clears throat> did some research. What is this flat earth theory? Why do people think it? What's going on? We got to the conversation that night, and he finally brought it up. I want to talk about this. And as he starts talking about it, I started asking him some questions that showed him very quickly that I had actually done some reading to find out what he actually was thinking. And as he began to unpack it, the first thing I experienced was he was a little shocked that somebody wasn't just mocking him. And so we started unpacking each one of the things that he thought about it and asked clarifying questions and talked to him about it and said, what does this look like and why would you think this? And you know what I found out? His family had moved here from another country. And in that country, their government had regularly lied to them, used propaganda and technology to convince them of things that weren't true. He wasn't sure, truthfully, if he even believed flat earth theory. But what he was sure of is that he actually wasn't sure that he trusted authority and whether that authority was telling him things that were true. And that turned the conversation in a completely different direction. One that actually allowed us to have conversations that were deep and meaningful. By the end of it, he said he felt heard. He said, this was a really good conversation. And I don't normally get to talk to people about this because I'm a Christian and I don't really want to bring this up because people, you know, just make fun of me and toss it out. We had a deep conversation about the fact that he had a hard time with authority and I empathize. There's moments where I look at authority and think, I'm not sure these people are telling me the truth. I'm not sure this is good. But in that moment, he felt heard. And something started to change. And he said, this might have been one of the best conversations I've had in a long time. This was a gift. Thank you. Why? Because instead of being quick to speak, quick to get angry, quick to be dismissive, it just took a little time, not a lot, a little time to listen and get past all of the stuff that's on the surface get to what we were really supposed to be talking about. It required me to listen to get there, though. So, okay, I'm supposed to listen. It's difficult. How do I get better? If it's a skill, how can I get better? Let me give you three things you can do to be a better listener. They're not that hard. Well, they're not that hard to say. Some of the times they're hard to do. The first one is pay attention. Focus. This one can be incredibly difficult. Why? Because it usually requires you to look the person in the eye. Look at them. While they're talking to you, look at them. Eliminate some of the distractions if you're going to pay attention. Eliminate some of those things because you're going to pay attention. Eliminate the external noise as much as you can. Some of you are like, yeah, but what about that internal noise? That sounds tough. I said that there was a variance in which the person talking was talking slower than you could understand, but, or you could understand faster than that. You can process it. So use that processing time to your advantage. Look at the person and actually check their nonverbals. 
Look at their body language. Look at the way their face is moving. Are they smiling? Are they frowning? Use all that information that's coming at you. Use that processing power to pay attention to it. And listen for their feelings, not just for what they said. Listen for their feelings. And then recognize that as you're doing that, you're probably going to, and this is okay, start summarizing what they're saying. Like, okay, so it sounds like they're having this discussion about this. Is that true? Is that actually what's happening here? Is this what they're talking about? Whatever you do with that internal noise, simply recognize this. I'm challenging you to continue to make it about them. If you need to visualize the information and say, you're in a story and now I'm visualizing the story with you and I'm staying there and wait, 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 wait. How long were you there? What did they look like? How many people? Which is the second point. Ask questions. A good conversation means you ask clarifying questions. Wait, where were you? Wait, how old were you when this happened? You can even start to paraphrase things tentatively. It, it sounds like that was hard. Now, don't parrot. Why? Because if the person says, I'm angry, and you say, you're angry? They're going to be like, I just said I was angry. If you wanted a parrot, you'd have bought one already. Paraphrase. Show them that you're listening. Show them that you start to understand by asking those clarifying questions and say, Here, here's, this is what I'm hearing. And, and be responsive. Total silence just drives people crazy because at that point, they're like, you checked out. Like, uh-huh, sure, yeah. Add some encouraging things in there to keep them talking. Clarify what's going on. Even paraphrase it tentatively. But by tentatively, I mean don't assume that you understood it just because they said it actually say, sounds like you're getting frustrated. Last thing, communicate your understanding. What you understand, communicate that back to them. Summarize their thoughts. So you're basically at this point trying to wrestle through what it means to buy a new car or, or, or deal with this particular relationship or figure out where that's really where we're going. And right now you're feeling like this, this, and this. Is that accurate? Yeah. Reflect back their feelings. It sounds frustrated. Uh, and just, can you just give me a second? I got to have a little side tangent. This is a rant that I go on all the time with my students, and I just need to say it. As a communications professor, it drives me crazy when people misunderstand the difference between a thought and a feeling. Because feelings are just emotions, and they're hard to argue with. Thoughts are a different thing altogether, and we can disagree with people's thoughts. Why is this a problem? Because I hear regularly people say things like this. They say, I feel like that person's an idiot. That's not a feeling. You could say, I feel sad that that person's an idiot. That's a feeling. But I don't feel that person's an idiot. I think that person's an idiot, and I can argue or disagree with a thought. Why is that important? Because if I say, I feel that person's an idiot and say, I disagree, they say, well, that's just how I feel. No, it's not. That's what you think. Clear thinking about how you communicate actually changes the way we listen and understand things. So when you say, I, have, I feel like, it should be followed by a feeling. If you're like, I don't know what feelings are then. Go Google them. List of feelings. Sad, happy, confused, frustrated. Wonderful, feelings, happy. Joy, good, feelings, not thoughts. Just a little quick. Uh, guys, you've mostly probably been taught 
about your feelings as if they were that little tiny box of crayons that had eight colors in it. You're probably going to have a conversation with a female in your life who is wonderful, who was given the 1,054 box of crayons and has colors you've never heard of and has no idea why you can't think of something bigger than angry, sad, happy. That's all I got. You don't get down. You don't, get, you don't have mauve and fuchsia and all these other wonderful colors you've never even heard of. And you're like, I don't know what that means. So you're sad. No, I'm not sad. I'm frustrated. What's different? It's a little tiny variation that has a lot of meaning to the people that know what the words mean. Clearly communicate your thoughts and feelings. And then... The last part of communicating understanding is that you respond in love. You respond in love to the people around you. And some of you are saying, well, that means I have to agree with them. No, it doesn't. I didn't agree with the guy who was talking about flat earth theory. didn't agree with him. Just because I listen to someone does not mean I have to agree with them. It means I'm trying to understand them as a person because that's the goal of listening. If you're going to listen well... Just know this, it's going to be work, but it's really, truly going to be worth it. I'll tell you one final story as I close this morning. I served as an executive at Awana, some of you know that, and a new addition to the board of directors several years ago was a very prominent, very well-known Christian executive that built one of the biggest global ministries in the world. In fact, I could probably argue that this person, some of you are giving him his ministry monthly money on a regular basis. And just so happened that they had a dinner and he sat down and I saw a chair open next to him and I went, I'm sitting and talking to that guy. I've got a ton of questions. So I sat down next to him. He welcomed me and learned my name. And I asked the first question, and ever so skillfully, like a communicator that just is savvy and brilliant at what he's doing, he quickly answered my question and turned it back into, so tell me your story. I thought, all right, I've got a lot of questions, so I'm going to give him the two-minute version of my story so that I can move on and get to my questions, because I have this opportunity. Because I thought that what would prove me important was talking and showing that I was intelligent, that I was capable. So I started telling the story, and I just told it quick. And ever so slightly, as he was listening, he wouldn't let me go fast. Wait, 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 wait. so were your parents from there? And where, where was that? What was it like? Tell me about your house. And he slowed me down. All right, so I'm going to tell the 10-minute version. Okay, so I'm going to tell the 10-minute version of my story, and I'll still get to my questions. See, because I'm internally self-talking and dialoguing as I'm listening or trying to, but he's got me talking. And he just kept asking questions. That sounds really interesting. That must have been really hard. Oh, it's so good when those kind of moments happen. And now I'm in the 20-minute version of my story, and I'm like... Okay, how long can I keep talking? Like, this isn't good. I'm still talking. I want to hear this guy. He got me 40 minutes. I've never told my story for 40 minutes. But at the end of it, he did something 
I realized something in that moment. That this man had really, truly heard me. He had listened so deeply that I felt loved. And I thought, why do you love me? Like, I'm just some guy you met sitting down at a dinner. And he truly, honestly believed that to love your neighbor is to listen to them, to ask them questions, to pay attention. I had his undivided attention for almost an hour, and he still answered some of my questions, but the most valuable gift he gave me that night was the gift of being heard, understood, and loved. So I'm going to close with two questions, two challenges for you this week on listening. As you've heard me answer all these questions, if, by the way, some of you are going to say, well, you know what, that was really good. I don't remember all the stuff you just said. And you say, okay, I can watch it online, but I don't know that I want to send it to my mom because she's not a Christian. Uh, I just posted a video, jeremypettit.com, my website, that's a seven-minute version of this. If you want to share it with somebody else and start a conversation with them by saying, here's some things I'm trying to work on. This guy said this. I want to talk about this, but I don't know how to start the conversation. Just send them the video and say, let's talk about this. First challenge. If you read the scriptures on a regular basis during the week, can I just ask you this week to pick a gospel and go back through the life of Jesus and look at how Jesus listened to people. You want to know how to listen to people well? Go back to the man. Jesus will show you every single time how to do it better than anybody else you've ever met. And by the way, if it was just important to be the one talking, if you're the son of God and the words that you spoke brought the universe into existence, why did you, the most important person in the universe, spend so much time listening to people? Go back and read the Gospels. Pick one. You want to, don't know what to do? Go to Luke. Read Luke and watch how Jesus engages with people and asks them questions and listens, really, truly listens to them. And as you're doing that, Listen for the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring those things out and strike a chord in your heart from the scriptures. Second challenge is this. Who's the one person, the one neighbor that you might need to spend some time loving by listening to them this week? Who is that? And don't have the conversation on social media if you need to have it over Zoom because you have some issues with what's going on in the world, fine, I get it. But actually listen to them. Who's that person that you need to love this week as Jesus called you to love your neighbor by listening to them? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that you came, you, the Son of God, came here and listened to us and heard our hearts and hurt our ideas, but also hurt our feelings, hurt all the things that were going on in our internal lives as well as our external lives and understood. You understood because you were there in the dirt with us. You were there eating with us and drinking and hanging out and spending time and sleeping. You did all the things that we did. You walked in our shoes so that you would understand when we say something is difficult or when we say something is joyous, you would know what that meant. 
We know that you know what it meant. Teach us to listen to one another as you have called us, that in the end, we may be like you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you.